What's up guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today in Numbers chapter 5 and 6, we're going to see that God wants the camp of Israel to be holy. He doesn't just want them to be set apart from the nations in a physical sense. He wants them to be set apart in a spiritual sense. He wants them, first of all, to be set apart from the uncleanness that was in the camp. He says, I want you to remove those unclean people from the camp. And the first group is the people who have leprosy. We already talked about that in the book of Leviticus. There was a bunch of laws for that. But God says, I want this people to be holy. Then he says, there are people who are committing sin in the camp, the sin of adultery. He says, those people need to be removed from the camp too. They can't be a part of my community because they are committing sin. So there are people who are essentially um, cheating on their spouses. And he says, the people who are cheating on their spouses, that is not okay. There is no toleration for that in the camp of Israel because God wants his people to be holy. And the thing is, the world, right? The world, think about the outside world to Israel at this point. They didn't really care that much about adultery. I mean, some cultures had some laws, but by and large, like it wasn't a top priority for them. God says, I want, this is a top priority for me. And the same thing today, right? There's a lot of people in the world that do a bunch of sins, but God says in his word, we can't be doing those things. If you're a Christian, if you're a part of my community, right? We cannot have those sins in our community. It's interesting because I find such a parallel here in Numbers 5 with what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7. We can't have these types of sins in the church. We can't have these types of sins in the community. And here he gives some instructions on how we're supposed to, uh, how not we in, in the church, but how in this nation of Israel, how they were supposed to give laws and, and administer justice when it comes to adultery. So that's chapter five. Chapter six is about the Nazarite vow, which is a promise that people would make to God that they would set themselves apart to serve God completely. It was not, this is an optional thing. So this was not something that everybody had to do. This was an optional thing that we actually see some famous characters in the Bible do. For example, um, Samson is set apart even before his birth to be a Nazarite. Same thing uh, with Samuel. Samuel in, in the book of Samuel, First Samuel 1, we see that he becomes a Nazarite to God because um, Hannah, his mother, says he's going to serve God with his whole life, and he does do that. Samuel spends his whole life serving God. Um, there are other people in the, in the New Testament. Uh, it seems like even the Apostle Paul for a time took this vow. So it was a vow not to drink um, any fruit uh, of the grape, so no strong drink. There was no alcohol that was supposed to be drunk by these people. They weren't supposed to cut their hair. So they were just doing different stuff that the other part people in the community weren't doing because they were set apart for extra service to God. So this was an optional thing, but it's cool that we get all this um, explanation of that. Now, at the end of number six, we see something really cool. Uh, we call it the ironic blessing or the ironic blessing because it's Aaron's blessing to the people of Israel. But notice who gives this blessing. Ultimately, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, telling them to bless the people of Israel. So think about this one. It's God to Moses, to Aaron, to the people, right? So ultimately, this is something Aaron was supposed to say to the people to bless them and to say something good about them. Um, but it came from God through Moses to Aaron. So here's what it says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, the reason this is important is maybe you've even heard this blessing before. 
where somebody will will say, I, I want to speak a, a good thing to you. Um, so I'm going to bless you with, with the, they usually don't say Aaron's blessing, but that's what it is. Even today in the Jewish synagogues, this is how they close the service. They, they, they give this blessing to the people. So this is a cool little section where we get an insight into how they talked about God and really how God wanted them to talk about him. So that is the book of Numbers today. A lot there for us to look at. In the book of Mark, we're looking at Mark chapter 4. This is a familiar chapter, especially if you know Matthew 13. We just read the book of Matthew. So we're going to see something repeated that we've heard before. And this is the parable. Uh, the parable of the sower specifically. That always comes first in the list of parables because it seems like when Jesus transitions from being accused of being a Satan worshiper and a Satan follower in chapter 3, he moves on to say, all right, I'm not going to teach so plainly to everybody. I'm going to teach in parables. So we already reviewed this one when we looked at Matthew 13, but the parable of the sower basically is a parable that Jesus tells describing the condition of people's hearts. So how is your heart when you receive God's word? Are you going to receive it with receptivity and the idea that um, you receive it wanting to do what it says? Or are you going to be dead on the inside, not receiving God's word at all? Or do you maybe receive it with joy and then you don't last very long because you don't count the cost and um, when things get hard, you're done? Or are you a person who receives it and wants to obey God and wants to submit to God for the rest of your life and wants to trust him? What kind of person are you? And that's the question Jesus basically is asking the people through this parable. And that's the question I want you to ask. What kind of person am I uh, when I receive God's word? Is my heart receptive or do I fight against God's word? Is my heart receptive saying, when I hear God's word correct something in my life, I want to seek to do all that I can to follow God? Or am I always fighting against what the Bible says? That's an important heart check that I think we should all do today as we read this section and see that God wants us to receive the word um, with joy, but not just with joy, but also with patience and with endurance and with faith. So that's today's daily Bible reading. Hope to see you back tomorrow for another one of these daily Bible reading snapshots.